We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Van Bratt and Bratt back, throws the marching pass upfield. Reggie Townfield scatters it in on the dead run and races all the way to score from Los Angeles. A Malcolm Hart, taking a look at the Detroit Lions, a team that we have a lot of ties to. And later on, yes, they're back again. Those Los Angeles Chargers, the crosstown rival Chargers from the Guilty's Charge podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Stephen Hagelin, he gives us a look at the Bolts. So first things first, here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so if you're a Rams fan and you are locked into this team, you know that the Rams and Lions have a lot of links. From the trade of Jared Goff to the Lions to Brad Holmes going there. And I think in a lot of ways... The fan base feels for the Lions. They want to see them do well just based off of all the ties we have. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. But I can tell you this. This is a fascinating team to watch. There's a lot of optimism. And there's a good argument for them to be the favorite in the division this year. That's how talented they actually are. So without further ado, here is Malcolm Hart from the Pride Podcast talking about the Detroit Lions. Welcome. To another edition here. We have Malcolm Hart here from the Pride Podcast talking Detroit Lions. And, uh, you know, we talked a couple of years, we talked a couple of times now over the years. And since the Jared Goff trade, really, and it's been some fun conversations. I like talking with the Lions guys because it's almost like we're in this together because of so many moving parts that have gone from the Rams to the Lions and so on and so forth since that fateful trade. Malcolm, how you doing, man? Europe, y'all doing good, man. I'm glad to be back, man. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> you, see, you seem so much more excited <laughs> than last year. Yeah, you should I, be. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Is So tell us why. I mean, there's a whole lot of buzz around this team. A oh, whole yeah. lot of buzz nationally around this team. Oh, yeah. Is the buzz real? Like, what is, what's this going buzz, on? This buzz is 100% real. Once once you see Vegas on board, you're like, oh, oh okay, this, this is real. <laughs> um, No, man, this has been great, man. This is, I mean, how long have I been a Lions fan? I've been a Lions fan. I, I mean, I'm I'm in my upper 30s, but I, I haven't been a Lions fan my whole life because, you know, I live in a different state and I got into football late. So I got into football in like 97, watching Barry, like towards Barry's end of these years. So it's been a miserable over 20 years. It's been miserable for us mm-hmm. Lions fans. But I will say this is the first time ever, I'm talking about ever, that you know that we are optimistic about the, the, the upcoming season and the future for the Lions organization. So tell us why. I mean, there's, of course, we know why, but tell yeah. us why. All right. So, I mean, it all started when, you know, the whole Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, Bringing those two guys in, been the best thing that ever happened to Detroit. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking about just having those two guys in there, wanting to fix the culture of what was demolished by Matt Patricia, what he did to Detroit. Um, but yeah, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, they came in with a structure that they wanted to fix his culture, and they definitely did that, man. And they they had their mindset of looking for a certain group of guys, and they had that word grit, and the, the, like every person that they wanted. To be on this football team, you had to have some type of grit, and they look like they found a. I mean, they found their core of of their grit players. I mean, it, you know, it, it all started from the the Jared Goff Matthew Stafford trade. I mean, that was the the start of it all. And uh, Jared Goff has been great for us. I've been a big Jared Goff fan since he came in. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm glad we have them, man. And you know, all the pieces are falling. So, yeah, uh, we're excited, man. The, the season's gonna be great. We're, we're we're excited, especially Aaron Rodgers is gone. I mean, the division's up in the air, man. You talking about a team that hasn't won the division since you know you talking about like ninety ninety three, I think it was ninety three ninety two around that time. That's the last time the Detroit Lions won the division. So this is something this this exciting. Where, That's the last time they won a playoff game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> well, let's go through this a little bit. In, in terms of the offense, let's go to the offense first. Where yeah. are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? What are you seeing thus far about the 2023 Lions? Oh, man, you're talking about checking off the boxes, man. I mean, you're, the, the weakness that I'm looking at this team right now is probably you, you're looking at your backup offensive lineman, maybe. You're, you're talking about death in offensive line. I mean, your starters, I think they did a really good job at establishing their starters. You're, you're talking about, you know, you have you have Jared Goff there. He just, I mean, if, if you're looking at a weakness, you would probably say it's him, maybe. But this is not a bad thing because he's playing really well. But I'm just talking about, like, as far as our starters, they, they checked up all the boxes and they made sure that, And they just drafted a tight end. I mean, they have a top five offensive line in football. I mean, they just they just drafted a running back, so they upgraded the running back position um, from the situation last year, which was a great running back duel they had last year. So they upgraded on that end. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say Brown's is, is taking steps that you know he's slowly becoming that elite receiver. Um, Jamo just waiting to break out. You know, he he has that six game suspension, but once he comes back, man, I, I think he's just waiting to break out. So. You're looking at the offense, and you're like, where is the weakness? I mean, it's something that you probably have to see in the season, and then, you know, we could probably diagnose it that way. But outside looking in and looking, looking at the roster, I don't see it. <laughs> that's that's the crazy part. I don't really see a weakness right now, man. How have the suspensions affected the team from all that gambling stuff? Um, I mean, the there was three players. I know there was Quintus Cephas. He got cut. From um the gambling um there was another player too, but I can't think of his name. He also got cut. So they cut they cut two players who were pretty much roster bubbles. Like they wasn't really sure they're gonna make the roster or not. And that whole suspension really got them off the roster because they were suspended for a whole year. Um, luckily for Jameson Williams, he's a big piece of the to the team, and also it's only a six game suspension. Uh, I think his suspension. I think it's I think it's still corny to me. It, 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 I mean, the rules are rules. But from what I know of his suspension and what he did, he bet on a college basketball game. He may be bet on March Madness. So it wasn't an NFL game. Was it, you know, was it like an NFL game? Was it anything involving the NFL? It was a college basketball game. I mean, breaking the rules. It is what it is. Six game suspension. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Dumb rule. Yeah, dumb. I, I think it's dumb. But it, it's, well, it's stupid. Like you, for years and years and years and years, you know, gambling was banned. Sports game was banned, you know, for but they didn't, they didn't get involved. Now they're now they're hugging sports gambling. They're all in on sports gambling, and they get mad when their players sports gambling. Like you're the ones who are basically endorsing it now. Yeah, and here you're turning around, and you're suspending kids for it. It's not like you bet for or against the Lions or anything. Exactly. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. I like it's like really. You're like, all right, he bet on a college basketball game that had nothing to do with football. You suspend him six games for that. Like that's crazy, but. Stupid. Dumb rule. 
But I think the guy's gonna break out. Okay, but you froze for a second there. I lost it. Can you beat that, please? Yeah, I said he's a, one of the players who I think is gonna break out as well, and that's Jameson Williams. Well, he'll have ten games this time, though, unfortunately, instead, <laughs> instead of well, eleven. So, what about the defense? And how's his defense looking? Oh man, the defense. I mean, they did a complete three sixty. They did. I mean, they probably listened to my pod and just did exactly what I was hoping that they did. They did everything. I said, look, our secondary is atrocious. They need to strip our whole secondary. And what that's, they pretty much got rid of everybody. They got rid of every single corners on our team. So I think that was the best thing for them. Yeah, I think he needed a fresh start. And um, it just wasn't working out here. And I, I mean, I personally wasn't a fan of the pick regardless, but I'm just glad that they brought in a whole group of, of new guys. And like the guys who they brought in, like Cameron Sutton, um, you can see like he has instincts. Like the guys who we had last year, they didn't show any instincts, especially when the ball was in the air. It's like every corner we had, when the ball was in the air, like all of our corners got lost. But the guys they're bringing in this year, you know, they're bringing Cameron Sutton, CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, they're, they're bringing guys who are high instinctive players into the team. And, and they're also very vocal leaders as well. Like, like CJ Gardner Johnson, he's, he's a leader. And just bringing in these type of guys, it, it does a lot to the team. So overall now, you know, you're in a division that is going through some things and transition in your defense in, in your division. The Packers aren't the same old Packers. They're, they're moving on the Vikings. You just never know what the Vikings, what they're going to do, how yeah. good they're going to be or how bad they're going to be. And the bears seem to be up and coming at quarterback, but they're still the bears and they, they find ways to lose. So, I mean, let's just be real. I mean, the bears should, you know, this is the, the Chicago bears, the Mars of the midway. And, you know, we talk a lot about how much the Lions have struck, but the Bears aren't too far behind the last 30 years either. So, I mean, where do you put the Lions in the division? Can they win this thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think they right now are the favorite to win this, this division. And I think they have a really good shot. Now, I think the only thing that could probably mess the Lions up is them. I think if they shoot themselves in the foot this year, I think this will be something – that will make them not win the division. I think the division is pretty much handed to them. Um, you know, with the departure of Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Minnesota, I think the Minnesota Vikings, I think they're like the, the most overrated team in the NFL. I mean, you just look at their season last year, it's like, how, how, did, how did they get here? You know, you watch a playoff game, you're sitting home watching their playoff game and they watch them getting crushed at home against Daniel Jones and the Giants. You're like, man, like, these are the Vikings. These are, these are, these are, yeah, I give the Bears fans a lot of shit on on social media. You know, I laugh about their quarterback and how he's not really. I call him a running back, um, but they are the most dangerous team in our division outside of us. I think they're the team that's gonna give us, you know, the most trouble. I, I think the, those games, like when you play the Bears, I think they're gonna come down to the wire. I don't think they're gonna be blowout games. I mean, I think they're a good. I think they're a good team. To be honest with you, I think they they did the right things this off season to put themselves in a good spot. 
Wow. You're a Detroit guy talking nice about the Bears. That's, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm tipping my hat <laughs> off to them because they, 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 they did some good things. I mean, they they fixed their receiving core. I mean, that was all on Justin Fields. Is, is Justin Fields really going to be their guy? I mean, can, there's no excuse for him this year. You can't say there's, there's some receivers. They brought in um, the Moore from Carolina, who is a phenomenal receiver. Yeah, and that's another big thing. You brought a guy in who adds that offense. Yeah. Are there any concerns in that offense now with golf? And you know why I'm asking you that. You know where we're coming from. I mean, you, and you and I have talked before about yeah. some of the of the weaknesses that we saw with golf. That's what we felt got him traded. How how has he evolved there? Go, I'm think, going back to him. Yeah, yeah. So so Jared Goff, man, I think he he fits this offense perfectly. I think Ben Johnson is the best thing for him. And I, I got. I got into a lot of a lot of Lions fans about this, um, because when you're looking at Jared Goff and you're looking at his situation, everybody's like, okay, when he was with the Rams, they say it was McVay. McVay did everything for him, and that's the reason why he was successful with the Rams because of McVay. And now he's here, everybody's saying, oh no, no, now it's because of Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's the reason why he's having success in Detroit. Um, I just feel like Ben Johnson is just a perfect fit for him. And I think they work really well together. I think their golf can have a better year than he had last year, this upcoming year. Awesome. Now, put all that in perspective, and we talk about the division. Where do they fit in the conference right now? Where would you rank them? You're talking about the offense? The whole thing, the whole team, the Lions. Where are the oh, Lions? You're talking, talking about in, in, in the NFC? In the conference. About. You know, are the, you're 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 confident to win the division, so you're yeah, you're saying they're yeah. going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So, so where I mean, are you ranking probably, them right now? Probably, they could be the third or fourth team in that in the in the in the NFC. Yeah. So, who would you put above that? We'd see. There's the I, I'll, I'll put I'll put I'll put the Eagles. Eagles, yeah. 49ers. Yeah, I think that we could come right there at third. Or and the 49ers have their own issues too, dude. They they do, but they always come through with their defense. I mean, they have a really good chemistry of having a really good defense and, and running the ball. So if Christian McCaffrey can stay, still stay healthy, I think he is 90% of their offense. I think they can still do good things and still give a lot of teams a lot of troubles. Just, just based on their defense, their defense alone. Nothing in the NFC South scares you? Nothing in the, you know, no one division scares you? It's It's basically those... Two teams ahead of you at this point for you. Yeah, I don't believe in Dak. The don't Cowboys. In Dak. No, I'm not a Dak believer. Um, he doesn't scare me a bit. Um, no, man. I think Detroit Lions. I mean, they 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 really. We look at their schedule. Like last, like in the past, like we'll like look at our schedule. And we'll say, okay, we played this team. This is a definite loss. Like I remember when we played. Um, I think. I'm oh, sorry, you, you went in and out again. Definitely loss. Not 20. Yeah, it's 22. This is when. Oh, I did? Okay. Um, Let me see. Let me see if I can pick up where I, where I left off. Um, When you look at Detroit Lions and, and our schedule in the offseason, like I remember when we played the Rams in 2018. Mm-hmm. I think I think, I think it was 2018. We played the Rams. Um, This is when you guys had Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, and you guys had that, 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 that really high powered offense. 
I mean, you look at the schedule, you'll say, okay, this is a to- this is a loss, you know. And like even last year, like we look at the Thanksgiving game, looked against the Bills in the offseason, we're like, all right, this is this is gonna be a loss. Like now when you look at the schedule, every game is winnable. Now they're not gonna go undefeated, but I'm just saying Detroit Lions have a chance to win every game. And there's not a game that all right, this is gonna be a total blowout. Or we feel as Lions fans feel like that game is gonna be a total blowout. Every game, even the Thursday night opener at the Chiefs. Even even at the Chiefs. Ooh. <laughs> you talk to if you talk to every Lions fan, I guarantee you they say we might lose that game, but we have a chance. And it's a tough opener too. The first three games, Atlanta's better. And you're you know, you so you have Atlanta week three, Seattle home. That you should take that game. Seattle's better or good, but you should take that game. Kansas City, that's gonna be the one. I can't wait for that game, man. I I, I can't that's gonna be game. fun. I think it's gonna be a very high scoring. Game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't be shocked if it's similar to the that Monday night football game that you probably remember so well with Jared Goff oh, and, and um, 54 51. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't don't be think shocked. it goes that high. No, 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 I don't think it goes that high. I'm not even gonna set the ex- expectations for it to go that high, but I think it's gonna be an exciting offensive game because you have two um top, I, I would say top 10 offenses. I mean, Kansas City is probably in top five, Detroit Lions is in top 10. I'm talking about offenses from last year, so. I can see a high-scoring game, man. You know, that's the weird thing, though, is I look at the rest of your schedule, and that's really the only game where I, I look at and go, it's probably, in my view anyways, 90% likely they lose that game. I get on the rest of the schedule. Seattle, good good team, a good game. Atlanta's better. Going to Green Bay, but you're going to Green Bay in September. I mean, not not December. Carolina home with a, with a rookie quarterback. At Tampa, post Tom Brady, at Baltimore, that 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 one looks, that one looks a little scary. But at home, the Raiders, who are going to be bad, at at the Chargers, Bears at home, Packers at home, Saints on the road. You know, none of those really. There's not a whole lot there that scares you. No, I agree. There isn't. No, no, definitely not. And then if you're a Lions fan, you you, you get a little little bit of goggles that you're wearing, the fan goggles. So, <laughs> absolutely no. I thought those were beer goggles, man. <laughs> no, we have to. We oh. have our fan. We have our fan goggles, and we have them on. And you know, every team was winnable. So, yeah, even the Kansas City game. You talk to any Lions fan, we're not going to that game thinking this is going to be a total loss. We're, we're, we are favored to lose that game, but we think we could pull an upset. Well, you might. I mean, Super Bowl hangover. You never know. All right, Malcolm, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for taking this to, to kind of fill us in where the Lions are. But And I think I've told you this before, there's a huge part of me that that is totally behind, like, you know, hoping they do well. You get tired of seeing teams go 20, 30 years and never see that success. And the Lions fans are long-suffering. Went up mm. to that game a few years back with, versus the Rams, and I just remember how how kind and how courteous the the people were there, you know, the, the fans, most of them, and the staff there. I mean, it's definitely long suffering, long deserving, and I hope it happens for the Lions this year. Hey man, thanks a lot, man. We we appreciate it. We're we're hoping as, as well, man. <laughs> All right, so let people know they can find your work. Yeah, man, it's a um, fun team to follow. Yeah, man, you can follow us. You can follow me on on Twitter, or is it called X now? Is, this, just, just, it's, it's, it's always going to be Twitter. Let's be real. Okay, it's Twitter. Okay, yeah, so my, to find me is Mr. Hart underscore underscore, 
And um, I have a podcast. My podcast is the Pride Podcast, a Detroit Lions podcast, with my two guys, um, Pierre and Tyler. And we do a great job, um, pretty much breaking down the weekly games. And we do some fun stuff during the week. Always, you can, guys can check us out. Um, the Pride Podcast on Twitter, Pride Podcast, and you know you can listen to us anywhere on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. Again, thanks so much for taking time. This is the Detroit Lions section of the Toronto League. Thanks, right. Michael. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I think the most interesting thing about the Lions is their schedule is very manageable. And with all the talent they have and one of the one of the best offensive lines in the league, there's no reason Jared Goff cannot put together a Pro Bowl season. There's no reason at all. Remember, Jared Goff's problems always came when he was forced to make quick decisions under pressure and especially in the middle of the field. The Lions know enough to protect him, give him time to read progressions, and basically lead. And he's, he's laid back enough and chill enough to be able to just make those decisions if given that chance. So I expect a lot out of the Lions this year, not exactly because they're perfectly built, but because there's a, there's a ton of talent there now and the schedule works for them. In a year where the Bears are recovering, the Vikings are, well, I mean, Jekyll and Hyde, and the Packers are rebuilding. I don't care what anybody says, they're rebuilding. You know, Jordan loves your quarterback right now, a guy who's very untested. That's your guy. It's going to be an interesting year for the Packers. So we'll see. Another contender is the Los Angeles Chargers. After this commercial break, we'll hear from Stephen Haglin from the Guilty as Charged podcast. All right, here we go. Here's Stephen Haglin from the Guilty as Charged podcast taking a look at the Los Angeles Chargers in 2023. <laughs> All right, folks, here is Stephen Haglin from the Guiltiest Charge podcast covering the Los Angeles Chargers, part of our tour in the league. He is the Chargers rep. He's going to tell us all about the Chargers today. Stephen, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Happy to jump on with a fellow uh, Blue Wire Network show and uh, excited to, dive, to uh, dive into some football. Well, let's dive into it. Tell us the difference between the, this year's Chargers and last year's, because I know last year's Chargers were, I mean... Crosstown rivalry, quote unquote, aside, it was disappointing it, across the board for where folks thought they were going to go. What's the difference this year? What are you seeing? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is is what Kellen Moore is is providing uh, this Chargers offense from a schematic standpoint. Um, you know, anybody who watched the Chargers last year saw an offense that was very rigid and strict, and um, you know, guys are are talking about it pretty openly. You know, Keenan Allen said today that. Under Joe Lombardi, he was almost exclusively a slot receiver. And now with with Kellen Moore, he's able to play outside a little bit more. Um, and, and just an added emphasis on the vertical threats that they have. You know, they drafted Quentin Johnson, obviously, um, and, and he's been making a, a strong impact. They're pushing the ball downfield more with Mike Williams, who, like Keenan Allen, is taking more slots, uh, more reps from the slot, excuse me. Um, so it's just more flexibility, more verticality to this offense. And that that that's the biggest change. Um, you know, a lot of the defense is going to stay the same. You know, they brought back most of the same guys outside of adding Eric Kendricks, who they're, uh, you know, talking very glowingly about. But that's really the only big change on defense. So uh, I, I guess the simple answer here is is Kellen Moore and Eric Kendricks. So basically pinpointing everything on offensive coordinator from last year. 
Nothing else is different. A whole new season. That's the only thing that's different. <laughs> Come on, man. Give us a little I more. Think, I think there's, uh, I mean, there's a, a health perspective that really is is kind of forgotten about with um, the way that the Chargers season unfolded. Obviously, everybody kind of talks about like Keenan and Mike and things like mm-hmm. that, but. You know, Justin Herbert played with fractured rib cartilage for eight weeks, basically, is how long it took it took for him to feel comfortable with that uh, injury. And then uh, against the Rams last year, he ended up tearing his labrum and his, his non-throwing shoulder, too. So um, Justin and the contract is certainly a big story. Um, you know, I, I've been at training camp every single year that Justin has been in the league outside of the rookie season when that was the COVID year. But um, he's just a much more free i guess is the way that he's described it um playing a much more aggressive mentality and i think that you know this new offense and these new players are are really able to bring out the best in justin herbert in ways that joe lombardi was never really willing to do on offense so um you know as far as right now preseason you know uh training camp vibes are really really high especially around this Chargers offense as as they look to unlock uh justin herbert's true potential this year what defensively? Where are they standing now? Yeah, standing out, I, I'll say outside of Eric Kendricks, who everybody in that building is talking extremely positively about Eric Kendricks. But um, the other addition that really is standing out is rookie defensive end, uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu. I'm sure your listeners, our listeners are, are very familiar with his game from USC. But, you know, if you watch what he did at USC, they moved him around quite a bit. I remember watching the Stanford game and he was playing like nose tackle for them from time to time. And he's like a straight up edge. I think he lost like 10, 15 pounds in the off season to prepare for the draft, prepare for being a true outside rusher. And they really haven't had that third guy, um, you know, like a three, like a true three man rotation since 2019 when they had Melvin Ingram healthy or Chenna and Wosu was kind of that, that change of pace rusher. They haven't had that since that year. Um, so Tuli, they're really excited about, he, he had three sacks in the scrimmage on Sunday night. So, you know, he's another guy that is really hoping to change this defense. There's, um, really not a ton outside of that in terms of new, um, you know, the biggest storyline outside of, of Eric Kendricks has been JC Jackson and, and his return to health that I think, uh, at a more rapid pace than people would have expected, but that's still very, limited like he's still not playing a ton like it's it's basically sounding like 20 snaps of practice but he's out there he's improving and i think that's that's a big storyline in and of itself well given how things in last year there were some questions at least nationally about brandon staley and how he'll sure is he on the hot seat you know coming this year is he on the hot seat a bit or or if things sell down as they found their guy for offensive uh, or offensive coordinator you know, I, I think the hot seat from last season was a bit over-exaggerated. The Chargers mm-hmm. do not fire coaches early. Like, they would much rather try and, you know, solve this, the situation around their head coach than prematurely firing somebody. And that that's how they kind of have operated. They did the same thing with Anthony Lynn, with Mike McCoy. They did the same thing with Norv Turner. Um, so they, they were never really going to fire Brandon Staley, in my opinion, last coming off of that playoff loss, because in their eyes, you know, I I would assume that they made the playoffs after not making it previously, they improved, you know, one win in the win column, which is, is a hard thing to do given their injury status. And, 
And then you play the whole season without your left tackle, your right tackle, both receivers, your best corner, your best pass rusher, your quarterback's injured. So I feel like they probably thought that the struggles were justified given their circumstances. However, there is kind of a short leash here because Justin Herbert is is now the highest paid quarterback in the league. You made the biggest change possible and you kind of lucked your way into hiring Kellen Moore. And really the offense was an issue last year, but it hasn't been like the problem. The problem has been the defense, which has allowed basically 27 points per game in Justin Herbert's uh, two years as his quarterback as the start of this past past couple of seasons. So I think he's on a warm seat right now. But the Chargers will be patient and give him the whole season. Like anybody who expects him to be fired midseason, I think is going to be very disappointed. Um, they'll have a, they'll see how the season goes and then they'll kind of reassess because the Chargers will not rush into a season and rush into a decision like that midseason. So I, I think the seat is warm, but it's not like scalding hot like some people might make it out to be. That defense you mentioned, how you know. Where would you rank that defense now? Is it a 27-point-per-game defense now? Where are they? I think it's improved. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of what Brandon Staley can maybe hang his hat on is kind of like the schematics of things. Like if you watch the Miami Dolphins game from last year or the, the 49ers game, like you see glimpses of a guy who can really give you a, a, an edge on the schematic side of things. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's only been a coordinator for or a play caller for three years. This is his fourth season. So I think there's going to be some natural improvement there. And then really, like I mentioned to the they really got nothing out of their edge rusher spot opposite of Khalil Mack. It was Calvin Oy dealing with a, a back injury for most of the season. And, and Chris Rumpf, who's not really like a core defensive player. So Joey Bosa does this thing where like every other year he's healthy and last year he was not healthy. So this year he's probably going to be healthy. Um, so I think the defense will improve. Um, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. has taken a, a rather big step forward from what we've seen in training camp. He's arguably been the best player on the defense so far. And, you know, you bring in Eric Henry. Rooting like best case scenario, they probably top out at you know 12, 13, 14 range. Sorry, things went fuzzy there for a moment. Can you repeat that, please? Uh, which part? Just that last sentence you said. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, I don't think that they're a top 10 defense. I mean, they, things would have to go really, really right for them. Um, but I, I think their ceiling kind of tops out like the top 12 to 14 range. Okay, so with top 14 range defensively, with the offensive weapons you have, I mean, this is this is a good football team. They're a team that should be in contention, yeah. right? Yes. I, mean, that... I, I believe so. I mean, like, we've we've kind of joked about this, like, you know, from a special teams perspective under Anthony Lynn is, like, if they were ever just, like, average on special teams, they would have been a clear-cut contender every single year. Right now with Brandon Staley, it's like, okay, <laughs> same kind of thing. If they can just be, you know, slightly above average on defense, I think gets this team to 11 wins and, and potentially challenging for a division title. I, I still would pick the Chiefs 100%, but um, this defense becoming above average, I think, drastically changes the way that this season could be, could uh, play out for them. How far apart do you think they are from the Chargers, from the Chiefs right now? It, from a pure regular season standpoint, I don't think they're that far apart. 
Um, but when it comes to like the playoffs and what we've seen the the Chiefs do in the playoffs, I think they're they're worlds apart because you look at like the way that the playoff game unfolded for the Chargers. There's just there was just a real like lack of adjustments. There was a real lack of like experience of being there before. You know, it, it was kind of like a deer in the headlines moment for them. Whereas the Chiefs are been there, done that. They won the Super Bowl. They know how to handle those situations. So if the Chargers push the Chiefs for a division title, I, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked. But even if they did win the division, I would still pick the Chiefs to like go farther than them in the playoffs just because the Chiefs are are that much more experienced and, and you know, adjustment driven by Andy Reid. So it, coaching matters so much more in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. And it's just such a big advantage for the Chiefs because they have Andy Reid, because they have Steve Spagnuolo, guys who You froze. <laughs> that was yeah. You froze again. <laughs> so sorry. I, this is not happening in my podcast usually. So can I ask you one more time? That last sentence, what'd you say? I, got, I, can, I can do some editing for this. Good right now. So I don't know what's, what's going on right now. Um, but yeah, I just think the, the coaching advantage that the Chiefs have gives them such an edge in the playoffs that the Chargers just don't have. So um, would I be shocked if the Chargers won 12 games and the Chiefs won 13 and that's like kind of how it played out? No, but I, like I'm still picking the Chiefs to win the division and, and picking them to to go further than the Chargers in the playoffs. Will they get a game from this year? Will they get one game from the Chiefs this year? I think they'll get one. I think they'll get one. They If Justin Herbert doesn't get injured in that game in week two, I think they win that game. Um, you know, and that's a big if. And of course, that's kind of the story of the Chargers, right? But um, I think they can split. You know, they play the Chiefs better than anybody else really in the league in terms of regular season outside of the Bengals. So I think they'll split the season series this year. One last thing here. Looking at the schedule. You guys, the schedule this year, I, I, I kind of like it. There's nothing here that really scares you outside of the Chiefs, at least sure. from my point of view. I mean, you don't have – there's no there's no Buffalo Bills here. Oh, wait, they're at the end. Sorry, my bad. There's a Buffalo Bills at home in December. I'll take that versus on the road. That's not going to scare me, you know, if I'm, the, if I'm the Chargers. Nothing else here is like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be really hard to do. How do you feel about the schedule? Um, I'm a little bit more worried about the schedule than you are. I, I think it, it opens up pretty nice for them. Um, you know, there's there's no real like daunting game up until, like you mentioned, the, playing at Arrowhead in week seven. Um, the Cowboys game, I think, is going to be a ton of fun just from like a, you know, entertainment value standpoint. There's a lot of, you know, high end talent in that game that I think should get people excited. Um, <laughs> You know, they obviously they have to travel and play at the Jets. That's that's a team that they traditionally have not played very well against. Um, and they get Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, they play the Ravens in week 12. So I, I'm more bullish on the Ravens than I think most people are. But there's always kind of like a break in between their tough games. You know, like, yes, they play at New York, but then they get home games against the Lions. And then they play the Packers, who probably shouldn't be that good. Then it's the Ravens, and they hope, and then they go to the Patriots, and then the Broncos. So there's there's some good schedule breaks for the Chargers here. Um, I'm not crazy about playing Week 18 against the Chiefs if that game is kind of 
like a must win game. I'm not crazy about that. Um, but yeah, I think there are more difficult schedules out there. That's at home though. That's all. I mean, I see how it says TBD. That's going to be a flex game more than likely. I would think. Yeah. Unless the chiefs have, have clinched that spot, but um, you know, like let's say the, the chiefs win week seven, which is probably likely because, because that game is in arrowhead and they're in another situation where you have to beat the chiefs and in order to get into the playoffs, that's just, that's just kind of how I see that unfolding. And I'm not crazy about like having to beat the chiefs in order to make the playoffs. So Steve, can people know where they can find your work, where they can find your podcast? Yeah, uh, you can follow us at GC Podcast uh, 17 on all social media platforms. And then uh, we're on YouTube as well as your audio platform feeds in terms of Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, all that stuff. So I uh, appreciate any support that any of your listeners would want to give us. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, of course. Happy to jump on anytime. Apologies for the Wi-Fi connections. It doesn't usually happen. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the conversation. The Rams fans have a question for you. How are you feeling right now? This is a Chargers team, your crosstown rival, not exactly well-liked. That is, that is looking really good, looking like a serious contender, at least for a good playoff run. How are you feeling with, with where the Rams are compared to them? Where do these two teams stand in this city, this endless competition for who's number one? Well, I'd love to hear from you. Send us a tweet. Email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts, and if they're interesting enough, we'll read them on the air. Okay, so I'm Derek C. Paul again. Follow me on Twitter at, at DC Paul. Follow us at Talk Rams, and we'll see you for our next installment of the tour around the league. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.